Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. G'day everyone. Uh, welcome back to Ozbiz Live from our Barangaroo studios on this Friday, the 31st of March. Where is the year going? The first quarter is over. Um, you've tuned in to the call 10 stocks picked by you and I put those stocks to our two experts on the panel today. Let's bring them in. Claude Walker from A Rich Life in Canberra. Claude, how are you? Oh, I can't hear you there. Yeah, I wonder if that's us or you. Oh, no, it's us. Claude, you there? Oh, yep, perfect. I, I'm here. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. How, how's, how's the week been? How are you seeing the markets? Uh, another positive day today? Sentiment turning around a bit? Yeah, that's right. I guess there's no real firm sign of that recession yet that uh, people are worried about. And, uh, you know, and actually I'd say the bigger worry remains inflation, even though obviously it, it probably is starting to cool down a bit. There's still uh, a big difference between oh, inflation cools down quickly and, and we're back to two, three percent. Yes. Uh, or it actually sticks around for quite a while. There's a big difference there for outcomes. So at the moment, yeah, looking like there's still a fair bit of inflation. So something to keep in mind for investors. Yeah. Mark Gardner from Macro joins us on the panel as well. Mark, client, clients feeling a bit more buoyant this week? Yeah, look, we've had the, um, obviously the banking um, incident, I'm not calling it a crisis anymore, um, <laughs> is sort of seems to have passed uh, for now. So obviously that reduction in, in, the, um, in the yields and the terminal rate expectations has really helped, um, yeah. you know, it really helped that sort of growth into the market. So a lot of those smaller mid caps really sort of making a bit of a comeback this week. Um, and, you know, and I think Einor's been rallying a little bit. So, yeah, no, it's been a much better week um, yep. after a pretty stressful, uh, you know, week and a half uh, previous. Mm. So, um, Not getting yeah. carried away? Not getting carried away at this stage. As Claude, further to what Claude said, realistically, we, um, inflation's coming down, but we've still got sixes and sevens as the front yep. number, um, which is a long way from, um, you know, long way from target uh, bands. So, mm. we, uh, yeah, I'm just keeping a really close eye on those, um, you know, the two-year two yields in the States or, you know, you know, three years yep. here, just to um, you know, as a bit of a, a bit of a uh, canary in the mine shaft. If they start to rally back up uh, anywhere near, um, or even halfway back to what they fell last week, which is about a hundred odd basis points plus, um, I think we'll start to see the negativity mm. flow back into the market. So, still cautious, but there's been some actually there's been some nice little short term plays out there for the week, yeah. which is a really good change. Yeah, a really good change, and of course, next week we'll be hanging on. Every word from the Reserve Bank as they meet on Tuesday. Uh, market's still a bit mixed on whether they'll keep rates on pause or uh, go the extra quarter percent. So, uh, of course, you'll get the very latest analysis on that through next week here on Ausbiz. Uh Let's take a look at the five stocks. Uh, we're going to cover this half hour. Index, PWR Holdings, Boss Energy, Electro-Optic Systems and Supply Network. Uh, stock of the day. So we take a look at Bravura Solutions. Uh, it's shaking up its board. 
after raising $80 million. Chief Executive Libby Roy says the company is on a solid foundation, but the going has been rough for this small cap Aussie tech company, uh, with revenue down 11% at its most recent report and expenses 17% high. That's not a great combination. Uh, is this a turnaround story? They're doing the shake-up market. Uh, likes it up 11%, but uh, uh, that's just up four cents to 40 cents. Um, Claude, what do you think of the what's happening at Bravura and also the uh, the market reaction to it? Well, I think that it's a very interesting one because it's come down such a long way and it does work in uh, you know software and IT sort of consulting yep. business, which can be quite good. Even just managed services IT stuff can be a business that gets a uh, 7% net profit after tax kind of uh, margin. And this one's fallen so so far that you'd think, you know, if it can do 150 million revenue and a 7% net profit margin, which should be possible for such a business, uh, then may, it may indeed end up justifying its current market cap, I think about uh, 165 million. Uh, but I, I, you know, it's got debt as well. So maybe it doesn't even justify that, which is kind of where I landed. So there's a turnaround attempt for sure. And um, there was some changes in CEOs, changes in CFOs. There was a lot of uh, tumultuousness at the management and board level for this company. And it's kind of got a new team in there, a new board member who is probably comes from an investment background and also a software background. And, and, and he's um, actually kind of caught my eye that uh, he's uh, agreed to waive all directors fees so i think definitely in there to try and uh, get a turnaround going uh now personally for me the only opportunity that i could even see here would be a sentiment change thing like just oh okay it's the lowest of the low sentiment now it's going to stabilize now it's got a new team in they can make it look a little bit better that could happen i don't like that thesis i don't want to trade just the sentiment but there because the sentiment might not change and I, you never know when sentiment's going to uh, bottom, but there's obviously like they did a capital raising at 40 cents, a quite a bit of director buying at just under 40 cents. So there's some sense amongst a lot of people that there's value here. There's, you know, big fund managers put in at 40 cents. You could expect some support around there. And so if you were in it for the trade and you bought just under 40 cents, um, then, you know, maybe you're going to get a little trade out of that. But that's the only thesis that I could mm. get even half interested in. Obviously, I'm not going to do Gee, that. Yeah, that's not really you're, you're not sounding convincing myself. there, Claude. <laughs> yeah, I can't give you a convincing bull for it. Like maybe a short-term bounce kind of thing. But longer term, um, yeah, like it, it, it's a business that's going to be worth something. Uh, but I'd probably want to see, can it actually do 7% net profit margins? Um, you know, they've had their gross profit come down massively in the most recent half. And so, and it's hardly been a long-term growth story either. It's gross profits kind of gone up and down. Yeah. So not really a secular grower over the last 10 years. There's no reason to think that it would necessarily become one. So the question becomes, what's your sustainable profit margin? So not for you at the moment, wait and see. Yeah, not, not for me. I'd okay. actually need to believe that it definitely will get okay. a sustainable profit margin. Mark Garner, can you be more convincing? No, 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 I can't. <laughs> Sorry. Um, look, I mean, there are good signs there, yeah. um, and you know the the business obviously is worth something. That software, um, you know, is getting, it's you know not not a complete loser. Uh, look, I mean, they've they've done the right thing, making structural changes, capital mm -hmm. raisings. Um, and the like, so yeah, but it's so sort of does, as an analyst that ticks a box for that you. That ticks, oh, so director buying as well ticks boxes. Yeah. But um, 
but it's certainly not. Look, it's been in a fairly significant downtrend for yeah. quite a while, um, and you know, there's pretty good, there's pretty high quality competitors uh, within the, you know, within the space as well. Um, I, yeah, I'd, I'd be very much wait and see, but they yeah. are, you know, they're green sprouts, I suppose, yeah. Um, and yeah, look, it. If you start, they, I mean, I agree with Claude. There could be a really, there could be a short-term trade there. Um, I think you'd need the market to uh, continue to rally, um, yeah. which, with you know, key inflation data out tonight, um, is sort of still up in the air. But, um, but overall, yeah, I, mm. I, I, I don't. Okay. From an investment standpoint, I'd be waiting and seeing if they can, if the new management actually comes in and, and makes some changes, or right. or whether they're still dealing with a whole bunch of. So it's got to be more than all talk. They've got to deliver. I think they've got to deliver, yeah. Particularly with, um, you know, there's still some pretty good tech names out there that are, like, yeah. that, um, you know, I mean, Zero's had a bit of a lift um, mm. on the back of the sort of similar things as well. Um, you know, the, the US tech companies did this, you know, six months ago. Um, and it was where the Australian tech sector um, in that growth uh, space is, was really sort of yeah. a little bit late to pick up on it. But, um, you know, I would have rather have uh, liked to have seen this sort of restructure a little bit earlier. Um, but it looks like there's, you know, obviously with that result that came, you know, that, that came out, it's obviously just forced their hand yeah. as well. But, um, but, yeah, if you've got it, you'd be disholding. Um, and hoping yep. that they do turn it around. Yeah, yeah. As you say, there are some other tech stocks out there showing good signs. Ben Clark from TMS uh, really getting on the zero bandwagon with their new chief executive cutting costs, moving to profit. That's more yeah, like absolutely. It for him I was really critical of them, not you know, because they were aggressively going after that growth, and I've completely changed my tune with that yep. new plan, uh, and hopefully they execute because it's a fantastic business. Yeah, back to fifty bucks. Um, let's take a look at uh, our first stock that you want us to have a look at. And Mark Jonathan uh, wants a view on Index, the uh, um, the mining equipment technology company, basically um, uh, mining services, isn't it, for that? Uh, that yeah. Mining. What do you think of Index? It, um, it's very vertically integrated too. Uh, so it does everything from drilling to testing and the whole range really. So. Um, I quite like this actually. They've had margin growth. Um, they're sitting on about 32 million in cash. Um, you know, I think uh, rise. Look, if we do get this rally in gold as well, a lot of the junior miners, um, you know, Index is a great company to go to because it can do right. a lot of things end to end. And there'll be, you know, that's where you want to get good results. So they've got really good software and technology. Um, so you're not just, you know, it's not just a scatterbomb approach and trying to do your drilling. Their um, yep. their technology is quite good and in making sure you're keeping your costs down. So, you know, those junior um, those junior miners, um, you know, start to see a rise in commodity prices. Well, you know, and then and it starts to become, a, you know, a little bit more plausible. It's up pretty well the last couple of years, hasn't it? It has, it has indeed, yeah. So, um, yeah, and they, look, their net margin has been in, incrementally rising. It's, it's in, like around about 15. So, right. 15%. Um, you know, it's... Yeah, I, I don't mind this overall. Um, I'd be, I'd be pretty happy if you, if you're interested in the mining services, you know, I'd be pretty happy to have a nibble here at the moment. Okay. Sort of, um, and uh, I think it's got, a, it's got an okay, you know, it pays a little bit of a dividend yield, but everything's going in the right direction. Um, and if, if they can control those costs, um, mm. and we get a little bit of an uplift in the commodity prices, well, I think they'll, they'll actually okay. go quite well. Uh, Claude, what do you think of index? Yeah, I, I actually agree. This is way more my speed than uh, Reviewer. 
Um, these guys actually, uh, just building on that, was um, they actually showed a statutory reduction in their profit, but that was due more to uh, legal costs due to um, a successful defense of their IP, their technology IP for all the monitoring device and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and that basically means that uh, they, they had a great quote in their uh, conference call, which was excluding the exceptional um, legal costs, this would have shown an increase in NPAT of 20%. Um, so basically that to me says, well, their performance underlying at a, at a profit level, that's a legitimate back out, right? If they won a case, maybe they have to fight it at a higher appeal or whatever, but that that seems like a legitimate back out to me. So you do actually have a little bit of a source of, oh, why well, maybe quant scans wouldn't be showing it up perfectly. And so there's a little bit of an angle there that I really like for the short term as that rolls through. They also, you know, you're going to take some, they did a big acquisition recently. Um, at, in which they raise um, share capital at a share price of $2.20. So if you're going to ask, oh, why is this cheap now? Well, you could be, well, there was a big influx of shares into the market at $2.20. So there's supply at this price. That's just pushing it down. There's been a bit of profit taking. Maybe there is undervaluation here at this current price. Maybe like the only thing you got to worry about is does the commodity music stop? Does the mining you know, the mining exploration, does that music stop? As we were saying at the beginning of the show, inflation seems still pretty high. So I'm not saying I wouldn't be calling a recession tomorrow. There may, this may end in recession, but it's not here yet. So with the, you know, maybe short term, I reckon it looks pretty good. Medium term, probably decent as well. Uh, just keeping in mind though, that this one will likely be hit by the cycle, even though actually um, it's probably much less cyclical now than it was prior in prior cycles so that could be a positive too although if the cycle starts turning for mining i'd probably look to take profits okay all right so what you'd have it as a hold or <coughs> happy to well, nibble well, nibble like um like mike is doing yeah I, i'd have it i'd have it as a buy for now just okay. the short term and right. the medium term does line up it's not something that's in my portfolio i don't own it i'm not going to rush out and buy tomorrow but i do like the story Okay. All right. Our next stock, uh, Claude Silly wants a view on PWR Holdings, the old uh, Peter Warren Holdings. Um, anyone who's in the western suburbs of Sydney know Peter Warren Auto Dealers. Uh, it's sort of in the auto parts uh, industry, uh, cooling products. It's in um, uh, PWR. It's also in V8 supercars. Is it? So it has a bit of a niche there. And I think in Formula One, F1 too. Claude? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right, David. So this one is uh, PWR Holdings, which is uh, basically made famous for manufacturing uh, the cooling systems for F1, mm. uh, Formula One. And then they've managed to use that position to uh, also expand into like other kinds of racing. And I think they had they were always in different kinds of racing. Yep. And also um, now, and which is where I think it gets really interesting, they're expanding to aerospace and defense. They're, I would argue as somebody who's favorably inclined towards this business, that they're probably at the very, at, towards the beginning of mm. their um, journey with the aerospace and defense. And so that leads to a potential long-term upside and that, could be a way to benefit from um, increasing cooperation between Australia and the USA in a, a defense point of view. Now, I don't know if that will continue. I guess it depends on a whole bunch of elections and stuff. But if that does, if we do continue to work more closely with the USA, that could 
I mean, more defense spending. Uh, I don't know how many, I don't know what these guys are doing in the US exactly, but I just imagine that they could benefit from that. Yeah. That's why I like it. I don't own shares myself, but I have to say the only thing that I would see a problem with this is the PE multiple right now is quite high. Obviously, um, with the, with interest rates high, high PE stocks are kind of on the nose and some of those valuations are coming down. So that's the only short-term concern I would have. Uh, Medium-term, long-term, I like this business. It's got a, a founder, owner um, running it. Um, he, you know, he might not be there forever, but he's doing it. He's done a great job. And mm. generally speaking, uh, there's evidence of pricing power. And I basically, we even saw a small director purchase the other day, just a small one. But I still think that's nice to see, given that the directors do already okay. own shares. Or so. Generally speaking, this ticks a lot of boxes. I like it. One of my favorite on the show today. Okay. Uh, and would hope to be a shareholder myself one day. Okay. So you'd be happy to buy now. Or hold. Uh, I call it. I call it either buy or buy or wait kind of thing. Right. It's hard to say. It's one of those things. You just oh, can I get it a little bit cheaper? That's the okay. only question. Uh, with the Formula One Grand Prix, it's good to come up today uh, over the weekend, Mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, these guys. It is a fascinating business, isn't it? They supply all of the Formula One teams. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, they're uh, they've had pretty consistent growth, fifteen percent growth last year. Um, that aerospace is just incrementally increasing. It's about six percent of their um, of their sort of profits Revenue. now. So they do have really high margins. So they've got pricing power, um, which is obviously really key in um, in these areas, um, or sorry, in the current environment. But um, and they also do a lot of um, you know automotive aftermarket stuff as well. So. We, um, I think the aerospace is key. It was really key to that growth. They seem to be making inroads. They've got um, operations in Europe, the US, Australia. So you know they're you know, they're global, and uh, obviously they're uh, they're very good at producing technology. I mean, Formula One's really the height of automotive technology. Yep. I mean, if they've got every single um, every single team on board, well, then obviously they're uh, very good at what they do. Mm. So um, yeah, look, I, I agree with what Claude said though. It's pretty. It, you know, it's it does tend to trade on a high PE. It usually trades between thirty six and sixty PE. Wow. Um, what is it now? About fifty. Yeah, it's yeah mid forties. Right. So, I would um, if you're super keen on it and you think that the market's going to continue rallying from here, then you know I would um, you know I'd be putting in a, a small portion. Right. I wouldn't be putting in whatever whatever you want to allocate. I'd probably just be putting in you know a okay. half or a quarter. Right. Um, for now, just because of that high PE, because when it gets hit, it does tend to like last year, for instance. Uh, when we had, you know, the the general the broader market wobble, it fell from ten dollars fifty to like six dollars. Right. So okay, it can, there could be know, opportunities it, in the future. There could be opportunities, and you don't want to wear too much pain. You want to be in a headspace okay. where. You know, if the broader market turns, this thing will come off hard, um, right. and it's not necessarily any reflection on the business. It's yeah. just stocks with that really high PE okay. tend to get hit a lot harder than the than the broader market. So, yeah, if you if you're super keen on it, small amount, um, and look, and it's the sort of thing you can buy with momentum as well. Yeah. So, um, their second half results are usually qu- uh, quite a bit better um, mm. for some reason uh, than their first half results. So they did get hit on their last earnings result. Um, even even though there was some, you know, some fairly decent numbers there, so right. probably, uh, I, you know, I've, personally, I'd be, I'd be waiting for the next, you know, okay. buying it into the next report. All right, uh, Mark Pedro wants a view on Boss Energy, the uh, uranium 
uh, miner. Uh, it's in the uh, Coles Fantasy portfolio as sort of an energy player. What do you think of Boss and and uranium in general? Because we've got Paladin in there as well, don't we? Yeah, look, you've got to be there. Um, yeah. in, in like in my opinion, the reality is that nuclear is. Like for us to meet the 2050 net zero goals, yep. nuclear power realistically to reduce carbon emissions is the only stopgap solution for baseload electricity right. around the world. So yep. we're going to have to stop using coal. Um, renewables aren't there yet. Technology's not there yet. Um, you know, it's not whilst the waste is not great. Um, you know, with nuclear, it's not carbon. You know, nowhere near as carbon emitting. Um, so look, we've got even Japan, countries like Japan have restarted all mm. of their um, their reactors. Germany um, yep. has halted shutting them down. The US has halted shutting them down, and, and uh, I think they're building like, quite a few um, in China as well. So yep. the safety issue that was caused in Japan was having two particular components on the same site, which is now as a general um, regulation globally now. Those two parts are now separated, so we right. won't. You know, the nuclear energy is much, much safer um, yeah. than what it than what it was in the Fukushima um, meltdowns, uh, which was obviously a bit of a black swan event. And um, you know, so and they're looking at mini reactors as well. I think the UK and US Navy um, are testing mini reactors at sort of isolated bases and things. Mm. So then they seem to be going quite well and they're stable. Um, mm. Where which I think would really give a massive uplift to the uranium spot price because it costs a few billion to build a nuclear power yeah. plant so yeah. you know if you can do it on a smaller scale um, I think you know I think it has the potential to really take off so okay. I um, you know expectations for a lot of commodity um, you know analysts is for $100 a pound we're only about 50 it's been going sideways for a year um, right. but a lot of these companies were you know boss's first cab off the rank uh, probably followed by Paladin and yeah. um, and deep yellow came up yesterday as well yeah as um, and both um, uh, David Lane from Ords and um, Grady Wolf from Bell had it as a, a spec buyer, but um, they prefer Boss in the yeah exactly. The so I mean, and there's two fairly decent ETFs in this space if you don't want to go too yeah. specific. Um, Atom and URNM. So right. they've got some of the Sprott Physical Fund, um, which is just literally stockpiling uranium and. Right. Um, and they've got Cameco in there, which is the you know the, the world's world's biggest. So that's not a bad option. If you're not convinced, that's not a bad option because mm, if okay. we don't if we don't get prices back up to about sixty bucks plus, um, the economics for Boss, even though they're coming back online, um, is is not going to okay. be quite as good. BHP also got a lot of uranium at your um, Olympic Dam. Yeah. I think it's the uh, world's biggest discovered uh, yeah. reserve. So yeah. and they and I think their trigger prices in the past has been around about seventy bucks, but yeah. I don't think it makes their annual. We we. Uh, what have we? We've been described as the Saudi Arabia of uranium, haven't we? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, we've got a lot here. Yeah. So, what do you reckon with Boss? Oh, look, I'm happy to have it. Yeah, right. um, yeah, I'm happy to hold it. Um, hold, it prob- yeah, probably. Look, it's it's a buy here, but it's a speculative okay. buy. You're not putting a huge amount in. If you, if, yeah, like I said, if you're not convinced and you want um, you want a little bit more safety, yep. then maybe one of those ETFs okay. might be uh, might be All an right. option. Uh, Claude, what do you think of Boss? And also, you have. Um, fairly tight ESG filters uh, in how you invest. Does uranium pass those filters? Uh, yeah, generally speaking, I would say I don't have a problem with investing in uranium. Yeah. It's not really my area of expertise. Uh, obviously, uh, not having 
uh, looked too closely at that many miners. You know, obviously there's many mining companies that are uh, definitely we need to produce more of those to actually yep. transition to a cleaner environment, which obviously does include uranium, but also a whole bunch of stuff associated with renewable energy, copper, even electrification. Like, unfortunately, we haven't like built the sustainable systems we need yet. Uh, so, uh, and of course, you'll need fossil fuels for a while, like for a long time as well as we phase them out. But uh, yeah, the, the issue with these these guys more is that I'd be taking a, a lot of risk on execution risk on this specific company. And yeah, that that's probably not something that I want to like just judging on this general sentiment around these businesses at the moment, I would say that um, I, I'm not really an expert on the technical side of things, but just judging the sentiment, I feel like there's a there's a fair bit of positive sentiment around uranium now than compared to a year ago. And even though I do agree that like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do nuclear power. Um, let's just do it. Uh, I may agree with that personally, but you've also got to remember investing. It's about what is actually going to happen in reality. And I just think that amongst... Um, a lot of people who are generally, um, you know, they might have very good reasons for being against nuclear, but you know, we're so far behind in Australia, many other countries progress has been slow with adoption. So whilst uh, that might be a possible future, I'm not 100% sure right. of it. And then that okay. plus the execution risk of this company, uh, it feels a little bit too risky to me. All right, no for you. Uh, Bella wants a view called on electro-optic systems. We're back to the uh, defence and communication business. Their uh, uh, products are used in space information and intelligence services, microwave, optical, uh, on-the-move satellite products. It's all very Star Wars, this one, is it? Yeah, yeah, they love their laser beams over yep. at uh, electro-optic systems. Unfortunately, uh, you know, their profits have been a lot, uh, you know, less straight. And in fact, you know, their last 12 months, they make a loss and they've been kind of up and down over the years, really very uh, inconsistent with any kind of profitability, this company. And generally speaking, I feel like the instructive thing is just the really long term chart. I don't know if we can get a 10 year or five year up there, but you can see, you know, big, big ramp up, a lot of expectations, high expectations, you know, to the moon kind of stuff and then all the way down. And funnily enough, this company has, there's a gentleman who's a director or was no longer a director of this company, also a director of other uh, companies such as Audio Pixels and Weebit Nano. And it's a funny thing because all of those companies have had like big ups and downs and I've never wanted to buy shares in any of them, even though, you know, uh, the share price can go up or down. And so personally, I'll avoid this one until like, you know, it actually makes consistent profits. Yeah. And then it would go back into my potential investment pool. Okay. Uh, but for now, just going to avoid that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just avoid it. Mark, a horrible looking chart. Uh, the theme is sort of lasers and defense spending and, mm. you know, good thing behind it, but doesn't I, deliver. I think the key word there is theme. And right. this is almost a case study in, you know, don't hold on to your thematics right. stocks too long yeah. unless they start turning unless they start turning a profit. Um, yet would not in a million years consider this. Um, so I'll probably just keep it short and say okay. a no. No. All right. Uh, getting back to Autobarts now, uh, supply network. Um, is uh, Ramsey wants a view of that, uh, isn't involved in Formula One, but uh, uh, parts for uh, trucks and, and buses, Mark? Yeah, this is, um, 
Look, looking at the business, um, but also looking at the market too. Like it's extraordinarily thin. Um, but it has a you know, it's if you look at the chart, it's you know, it's extraordinarily consistent sort of yeah. uptrend. Uh, probably go out from a year to maybe you know five yeah. years. But the um, looks like, uh, but they do looks really illiquid. Yeah, it? <laughs> it's really illiquid. So on that on that alone, I probably it's not really something I want to play in while the market. I'm yeah. I'm still a little bit uncertain about the market generally. Um, but it's been certainly the sort of thing that um, you know it it is extraordinarily consistent. Their their revenues increase every year. Their profit margins have been consistently increasing. Net profits have been increasing. It pays a dividend, um, and they're and they're super consistent. So um, yeah, their their uh, net margins above ten percent. Um, wow. So look, I, it's got all the characteristics. It's just. You know, just be prepared for the fact that you know you're probably gonna have to pay away to get in because the bid offer spread will be quite wide. You're gonna have to pay, you know, pay away to, to get, get out. out. So yeah. you've got to factor that into your into the equation. So it might be just worth something that you know worthwhile. Look, if you if you really like it, um, it'd be the sort of thing I'd probably put a, a lazy bid in below and right. just and try to be a price receiver on it. Um, you know, on on a broader market dip. Um, right. Certainly wouldn't be, you know, in terms of, you know, the rules are for the call by today, well, I wouldn't recommend right. just going and hitting the offer. Um, so, I, but, it, you know, it'd be the sort of thing that, you know, if, you, oh, if you're keen a, on it. Yeah. That's, a, that's a new one. We, we've had uh, a nibble, we've had buy. <laughs> now I've put you down as a low lazy bid. Low lazy bid, yeah. Okay, all right. And Dean will be I'm furious okay. with me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Claude, what do you think? Um, well, I guess first, first up, I do actually own shares in Supply Networks oh. and I've written about it quite a lot. So if you Google a rich life or my name and Supply Networks, you should be able to find some of that. Um, but I also wanted to just a caveat, like I may sell my shares and it's super illiquid. So just please yeah. keep that in mind. I won't do it within a couple of days of today, but just, you know, it's so illiquid. And that's probably one of the main things that... Uh, would would hold somebody back from uh, recommending it because it's really that kind of company where uh, if you're going to join the club and buy shares, you kind of have to be willing to be stuck there if, <laughs> if that's what fate has for has in store for you. Um, but also this one is quite close to my heart. Uh, just having followed it as a small cap investor for quite a few years now, I can remember a colleague of mine, um, you know, recommending it when it was like three dollars, wow. and. And it's just, um, they really invested for the long term and they competed for what it would appear from the outside ferociously and, and managed to make a better offering than their competitors and now get better margins than their competitors from what I can see. And obviously it's a network business, it's a distribution business where they, um, you know, they're looking to distribute truck and, and bus right. parts basically. So it gains scale as it uh, is better able to provide the, the widest range of parts available with the shortest possible delivery times. So you can see how like, as you sort mm. of become dominant or be the best, you, you, the quality of your business can uplift. The yep. other thing you like about it is um, if, what well, I like about it, this is purely theoretical by the way, this might not be proven or true, but what made me buy it back in the past was this idea that um, in the case of inflation or something, the replacing a truck or a bus costs more now. So you're more likely to sweat those old assets uh, for longer. And that means probably more replacement parts as they right. get older. So that should be good for them. But keep in mind, these guys also have had a great run. And, you know, their recent reports were talking about, you know, we're sweating our assets too. So they have a fixed asset base that they're going quite right. well off as well. And 
they will need to continue to invest in the future. But uh, I just don't, you know, I am admire what this team have done over a long term. I'll, yeah. I'll say that much. Okay, so we'll put you as a hold, but take some profits at these levels if you can. That's what you're going to do. Well, I, I think I'm going to sell. So yeah, I, I but I'm partly doing that for other reasons that aren't really a reflection of the performance of this business. Right. So that's why it's a tough make thing for me to make a call on, basically. Okay. So I just have to say no opinion on this one. I think. Okay. All right. Let's uh, take a look at the first five stocks. Stock of the day: Bravura and No from both. Uh, index uh, short-term buy from uh, from Claude Nibble from Mark uh, PWR. Um, Mark likes to sort of nibble away at these levels of the world, don't uh, commit everything um, and uh, ideally would be a pullback um, that you can get a bit cheaper in the future. Hold from uh, from Claude. Uh, Boss Energy, a spec buy from uh, from Mark, although um, he, he brings up the uranium ETF as maybe a good way, a good alternative to have exposure to uranium, which um, is the, the code ATOM for the ETF, which is um, uh, very creative. Uh, a no from Claude, uh, Electric Optic, a no from both. Uh, supply Network, a low, lazy bid um, <laughs> from Mark. Uh, Claude has no opinion because he might be looking to sell his stocks and, and maybe pick up, might, might pick up the <laughs> low, lazy bit of cord stock uh, that he's getting out. And, uh, uh, I, I can't say this for, for you, David, if it dropped to like, you know, $8 tomorrow, I'd be like, oh, I got to buy, you know, this is great. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Company, hey, is that, would that be no, your low, low, lazy bid, Mark? Would it? Oh, I'd, be, I'd probably be happy down there, but uh, <laughs> yeah. But, but as I said, it, it's, you, you you know, you get, you're going to have to commit for a, a long period and I kind of get, you know, um, Claude's frustration with positions like that sometimes. You know, you know, right. you know, you feel like it should be higher, and it just, yeah, yeah. And, and there's nothing to get out to. So yeah, yeah. It, uh, and they also had a very strange dividend situation, which I can regale you with another day. But basically, okay. the dividend reinvestment plan was quite at a low price. Right. Okay. All right. Uh, let's move on. Uh, don't forget the uh, investment committee um, for uh, the Calls Fantasy portfolio will be up next week. So that's coming up shortly. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while. And although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second to none trading tools. Plus, our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. Uh, this half hour, we're going to take a look at Ardent Leisure, Michael Hill, Tieto Minerals, Brickworks, and Ventius Services. Uh, Mark Melanie wants a view on Ardent Leisure, the, uh, the theme park owner that has been through quite a restructure over the last two years, has it? Yeah, it has gone through a pretty big restructure. Um, uh, the, sold out of the US, didn't they? Yeah, I believe and so. And then they're, yeah, they're sort of more focused yeah, yep. here. So Movie world, dream world. Very like. much almost a property trust Play. in a way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and as far as the travel sector goes, look, we're, the two we're mainly invested in is event hospitality and uh, corporate travel at the moment. Right. This is... Um, it's not too bad. I think there's there's definite upside in this one. Um, look, and it depends on 
I think uh, it depends on your sort of your travel investment thesis, and um, if we, you know, if that, if going overseas, if all that travel's been done, or we start to see uh, tightening of the belts um, in Australia because of you know obviously yep. the rising mortgages and and inflation and things, um, places like this will be you know potentially be a little bit more attractive than uh, than heading overseas. So. Yep. Um, but yeah, look, I, I I have it on my watch list for now. Um, it seems to be, you know, heading. It's well, again, heading back in the right direction. Um, but the other player, yeah, the other two players there for. Yeah. I, I, I'm a bit worried about the cyclical nature of travel yeah. generally, um, and you know, those other two are really fairly high quality businesses that have, yeah. you know, that have done a fair bit of good uh, good work. Yeah, over event COVID came period. up earlier in the week with Carl Gabalinga and, and Michael Wayne. They both like it then yeah well. they've, they've, they've got that new um you know resort at threadbow and things yes. like that so and look and corporate travels sitting on a bunch of cash and it's yeah. you know it, if business travel gets back to where it was 2019 that business should be the, about 70 mm. percent bigger than uh, based on their um wow. i mean that's from the company but um so they're two pretty good opportunities so i, I probably just i don't think you need to be here at the moment right. but um but yeah, maybe just keep it on the watch list. Okay. Uh, Claude, do you think you need to be in Ardent Leisure? Uh, yeah, no, I definitely wouldn't want to be in Ardent Leisure. It's Look, it's got a long history of being a very tough business. They did have, you know, they sold their main event business, so you don't don't look at the statutory profit now or whatever. Uh, you got to see what the profitability of the continuing business is going to be as a smaller company. And I think that's what you just... I'll generally not even consider this on my watch list until I can get a better idea of what that that's going to earn under the new setup. Right. And you know, I I highly doubt this is going to be the you know the one that got away from me. Basically, you know, usually the ones that do really well, um, just they have some sort of good track record as it as it stands, and you and you sit there going, oh, it's too expensive, and then ten years later, it's done really well. I don't think this is that. I think. You know, I, I wouldn't even know where to begin to make a thesis around it right now. There's too much uncertainty around earnings. I guess that's where you'd be like, all right, it looks like an absolute dumpster fire. In in one <laughs> year, it's going to have some decent earnings, and then that's your uplift. That yeah. could be your thesis, but I that's not a strong thesis, as I said. Like unless you had some real belief, which I don't, that this right. is this is going to become a consistently profitable company with free cash flow as well, mind you. Because don't don't forget, you know, it's capital intensive business too. Yep. All right. Um, our next stock, uh, Mel wants a view, uh, Claude, on Michael Hill, the uh, the jewellery chain, not only here in Australia, but throughout Asia. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, de- like, decent little retailer, in, in my point, from my perspective. I remember having a look at it, look at it after its most recent results and thinking, uh, yeah, you know, this is a Bible, this is a Bible company. Obviously right now, I've long, I've been saying for quite some time now that I've just been sidestepping retail. So I've kept out of retail for more than a year now, perhaps 18 months. It's can't even remember the last retail stock I owned. So definitely not where I'm playing right now. However, um, if I were going to get into a retail or if you wanted to make a, a valuation thesis, I would not want to go with ardent leisure turnaround hopes I'd like to go with uh, Michael Hill, actually solid track record of uh, dividend payments, solid track record of uh, uh, profits as well. Now they did, I think, drop a dividend during the COVID situation a while ago, but I wouldn't hold that against them forever. 
And I think that the chances are that over the cycle, yes, if you buy a retailer and there's a recession and you get stuck holding it, then you can get hit pretty hard. Yeah. But I would back these guys to even get through such a situation. And at the current price, I think, you know, you're getting a decent dividend. I'm not, I'm still out of retailer. Right. I'm not going to go and buy retail now. It's just not where I want to play. But if you're going to try and tempt me with a retailer, Michael Hill does a fine job of it. Okay. Mark? Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, you know, their, their recent report, sales growth was double digits. Um, you know, I'm not particularly, you know, we've got such, we're small for choice in the consumer discretionary mm. space. Um, but this one looks pretty cheap at the moment. The dividend yield would be somewhere around the 8% mark. The PE's at seven. Wow. Um, so you know, and they're just they're just consistent. They yep. don't, um, you know. I, I, I think that um, doesn't get much coverage. It does doesn't. It? it doesn't get much coverage, and I don't think it trades a hell of a lot of volume either. But right. the analyst consensus price target on this is you know, about a buck twenty, and right. most analysts are pretty dour on um, you know pretty dour on, on, consumer, retail. on yep. retail at the moment. Yep. So. Um, but this is this is about as cheap as you would generally generally mm. get. This has been going sideways. The start of the year, start of twenty twenty two, it was up around the one sixty mark. Um, it's gone sideways since, but um, or you know sideways to down. Uh, we're at the bottom of the range. So look, if you were if you're interested in this, I think it's I think it's worth a buy. Um, right. But you know, but obviously, make sure you do your research. Look at you know, you look at your um, you know, your JB Hi-Fi's, etc. Like there's a there's there's a plethora of really good retailers yeah. out there. Um, these guys as well, I think, will probably um, plough through a recession a little bit better because they're, they're not you know, it's not high end uh, no. jewellery necessarily. And it's not as low as La Visa. No, exactly. So and there'll always be a market you know for that yeah. in, for that in between, um, and particularly maybe you know you you I think. You, your high-end jewelers will suffer in a recession. Right. These guys probably might end up picking up because they do have mm. some higher-end okay. products in there as well. So, but they're um, you know, something like you know, for instance, if you're holding a, a Nick Scarly, which I quite like, those big purchases might start to you know to dissipate. Um, and it has pretty similar characteristics in terms of not the, not necessarily product, but you know, founder led, low PE, mm. consistent mm. performer, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So. Um, so I think you've described it before the lipstick uh, surge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So where you you know there's more, people want to treat themselves still, but they, they want to do it on a, on a bit more of a budget. Um, yeah. And Levisa obviously is expanding high PE, so I think there's probably you know good company, but there's a bit more risk in there. Um, yeah. And that's you know more I probably you know I've spent my fair share of uh, time waiting outside Levisa for my kids going <laughs> and walking in there, but. Um, but look, yeah, I, it's it's cheap at the moment, and if they okay. if, and they and they are consistent, so I, I think yeah. um, you know put I, a buy on it. Yeah, Perfect. I think probably happily put a buy on it, but it's not it's not going to you know not going to set the world on fire. Okay, all right. Uh, Jeffrey wants a view, Mark, on Tieto Minerals, a mineral exploration company, but this time in West Africa. Um, no, oh, it sounds exotic, doesn't it? Yeah, thinking? Ivory Coast, um, which has been uh, one of the really stable regions up until last year, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and there's been some civil unrest over there. French have had to send some military backup um, to calm things down. So that's the kind of look. These pretty high margin uh, on this. It's just started producing, and um, you know it's gold. So. Um, but you have to have the high margins to want to invest because things like you know, civil unrest can you know yep. come can come in. So, 
Um, they're sitting on cash. Like I said, they're starting to produce, so they just they're um, you know they're just flicking out of that sort of orphan phase into production phase yeah. um, on the on curve. So um, yeah, I'm not like. I think you want to be really mindful of the political situation there. Um, I don't obviously like that, you know, that um, west coast of Africa's. that's, I mean, it's a pretty volatile area. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, more your east coast areas are, uh, tend to be a little bit more okay. stable, so like Tanzania, etc. But... Um, We've and got I'm plenty not, of gold mining options here in Australia. You've got plenty of gold we? mining options. So I would probably just, you know, I, I'd avoid this. I'd avoid this, yeah. I, look, I'm not a big, um, I'm not a gold bug. So it doesn't particularly interest me anyway. Um, so I'm probably being a touch harsh on it. But, um, but yeah, I, but yeah it's, I think until you see that, uh, the political unrest clear up, okay. you know, just stick with the, stick with the, uh, and if you think gold's going up, I'm, I'm, you know, just buy gold. You don't yeah. necessarily have to uh, muck around with the producers and all of the you know ensuing problems that can come up with production mm. delays, etc. Okay, uh, Claude. Yeah, I think there's w- there's way too much execution risk with with this one for for many reasons. They are saying though that they're on the cusp. Obvious, obviously, uh, once they actually do start generating um, free cash flow, as they say they're going to. Um, then it, it could be that the level of free cash flow generation disappoints market expectations. Uh, I don't know if we can get the get the chart up there, but I think that you know, obviously, there's you know, some some degree of excitement if we if we look at where uh, this has come from in the last five years. I guess they're like getting closer to that that special day. So. Uh, I don't actually want to really um, play that game so much, although it seems like people, you know, can win it at sometimes. But for me, if I'm looking at a mining company, I'm probably looking at uh, I, I want them to give me a return that's leveraged to that commodity price, and a, I would feel more confident that's going to happen if um, they're like making profits, basically, and so that additional price on the commodity just basically falls to the bottom line. So not one for me. Uh, maybe a bit it's like a bit of a punt right so right. that's how i'd look at it uh, and i have no real view on on it as a punt okay all right uh gabriel uh claude wants a view on uh, brickworks as the name implies one of australia's uh biggest brick producers <coughs> biggest shareholder is uh sol patterns in that uh, uh sol washington uh sol patterns and uh web of investments they all invest in each other um and brickworks is basically a big property development play as well isn't it yeah so that's right it's 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 got the um building uh, more of a concentration on the building and the construction industry than you know sol pats but they both have cross holdings in each yeah. other so you know there you go uh, you have to sort of consider them together, but also considered together, you would argue that uh, they actually both uh, at the cross-holding situation as bizarre as it is, it has produced, in my opinion, like very good results for shareholders. You, you think of them as dividend stocks, generally speaking. Uh, looking at Brickworks now, uh, we we have, you know, perhaps a good year in um, FY 2023 is expected, and then analyst forecasts are for you know reduced normalized earnings after that uh so it's not necessarily you know the most obvious one um 
to like I don't necessarily see a short term setup that makes me excited to buy it, but I do think it's a good long term blue chip company, and I do think ultimately as Australia grows through just um, relentless like just you know having babies and also just relentless immigration as more and more people want to come and join like what is clearly an excellent nation then companies like brickworks are going to benefit for yeah. sure so i like it as a long-term blue chip hold for sure definitely it's the it's i don't know if my father-in-law has it but it's what i would call a father-in-law <laughs> stock uh, i think it's okay for a long-term a long-term hold okay Right, and uh, what happens, Mark, is that they they have their quarries for the bricks, mm. usually on the edges of cities, and then by the time the quarry uh, gets mined out, they turn it into new housing estates, don't they? Yeah, they do, and it's a really low-cost way of doing things, yeah. um, and it's worked time and time again. So yeah. they've um, they've reduced their gearing. Um, obviously, they've got a lot of holdings in property, um, but you know, someone who can do you know these developments at low cost and not go broke, and obviously have yeah. the sole pats um, investment. They have as a well. land bank, basically. Yeah, don't they? exactly. Yeah. And I think that's something and I agree with Claude that they're, from a long term basis, I don't think you're going to go. You're really going to go too far wrong with this at all. Um, I dare say because it's more development and property potentially is going to be you know when we see the fallout of you know mortgages this year yeah. could potentially be very much on the nose particularly in residential so um, I'd probably I prefer to hold sole pats at the moment right. um, and it's trending up and it's got a you know ex-div date coming up and obviously got those coal holdings and things like that so and a not and a nice portfolio in there of companies that you know right. I'd regularly hold anyway so, so. You'd, you'd prefer sole pats because basically it's a listed investment company company that has brickworks, has new yeah, hope in it, has as I start to transport buy, businesses. Yeah, exactly. As I start to buy but you know, get start to wade into the industrials, um, yeah. you know, once I see a bit more economic data, this like a switch out of souls into, you know, into, into brickworks might be, you know, one of the first steps we take. Right. Um, in terms of you know the, because there'll be a sentiment um, sentiment hit on this stock because it's a develop you know it's a property developer so at the moment we hold sole pats um, look at you know it's getting pretty lofty at the moment but for good reasons mm. um, it's really nice you know really big dividend coming from New Hope as well um, yeah. so you know we'll just so you're going to stay with sole pats you're so saying I, it's getting to loft or you we, we, taking I think profits we've trimmed recently but only probably as you know a third right. of the position um, but. But yeah, look, it is it, it's, it is looking, it'll get hit with the rest of the market like everything does, and particularly being an illicit investment company. So yeah. we're just taking some risk off the table more on the broader um, Isn't that you know, interesting? Broader it's a bit of a theme. I know you advise not to go after themes. We've had a few examples mm-hmm. here, but Solpats and Wes Farmers, similar sort of yeah. uh, almost private equity, listed exactly. private equity businesses, both really popular at the moment. Yeah, well, but they they invest well, and I yeah. think people have you know we've had so much. You think back to when we hit COVID, yeah. the amount of uncertainty. You know, the boom. We've had you know two and a half cycles in two years. It's, yeah. it's last year we had you know nineteen percent swings in the you know yeah. in, over two month periods back and forth. Um, you know, in the indexes, I think people are going, well, you know, these guys see the forest for the trees and yeah. I don't have to worry about it too much. So, And where's um, farmers? 
I didn't know have a massive lithium mine. But they've got all sorts of things. I think never, they're, they're, no they're, one ever talks well, about. I know Bunnings is still half its revenue, but yeah. um, I think it's kind of misclassified. I mean, Sol Pats falls under energy because of its, you know, because um, of New Hope. Because of New Hope. So you know, you don't. Okay. Um, so there, there can be opportunities there because you know mm. they'll they'll fall on sentiment being misclassified because they don't show up in those right. quant scanners that uh, Claude was talking about before. So no for Brickworks, you do Sol Pats I, well, instead. I, I would, I'm, ha- I'm happy to own Brickworks, but I. I would prefer to own it via Sol Pats. Okay. Um, right. So I'll put you down as a long-term father-in-law hold? Yeah, and I've got uh, loads of well. father-in-law clients. So right. yes, it's kind of our, our, our wheelhouse, really. So, <laughs> But prefer Pats? Yeah, Sol Pats. Uh, just okay. at the moment, yeah. All right. Okay, our final stock, uh, Mark Ventia Services, um, infrastructure maintenance provider here in Australia and New Zealand. Yeah, I didn't really expect to be that excited about this, but the more I sort of read into read into it, um, the more I really liked it. Um, mm. You know, one thing that they've obviously they've weathered the last twelve months really well, and you know, obviously there would have been a lot of cost increases, etc. And I think you've probably seen the worst of inflation in terms of uh, you know input costs. Um, but one thing I really liked about it: ninety-five percent of their labour costs are actually embedded in their um, in price escalation agreements. So, oh. I think probably the next wave of inflation will be wages. Yeah. Um, and historically, that's what tends to happen. Um, people get brave enough to ask for a pay rise. Yeah. You know when and costs minim- go up. minimum wage. Increases as, as well. They're going to go seven percent. Yeah, exactly. Increase so, um, you know, and that would be, you know, these are a lot of their employees would be, you know, they're, they're garbage collectors. They they do oh, yeah. all sorts of things. It's just, you know, they've got defence contracts as well. Eighty five percent client retention. Work in hands eighteen billion. Um, they, you know, the fact that they manage like a really sharp movement in their input costs, um, you know, really really well. Last year, I, you know, and they, as they, uh, the dividend yields around about eight, um, slightly higher PE, but like they only relisted sort of in the start of twenty two. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'd be happy to buy this here. Mm. I think, I'd, and okay. I'm looking. I'm sort of hunting around. I, I don't think this bear market's over. So I've been hunting around for defensive stocks. Um, you know, to be that could possibly hold to be allocated to, and this, this one hits the mark. Yeah, this hits oh. the mark for me. So okay, um, Gabriel, thanks for bringing it up. Uh, Claude, what do you think of Ventia? I think it's for uh, somebody who might want to get a sort of very potentially volatile dividend stock. It could actually work out. So, uh, look, I think Mark gave a bunch of reasons why these guys actually probably might have fairly flat to solid results over the next little while. There's what there's potentially some one argument that it might be a bit cheap. It's possible that. You know, Labor's got upcoming um, investor relations agenda. I don't know if that's going to change their business at all or, or impact it in any way. But overall, I, you know, I think this kind of business suffers in a big recession, but and there could be a lot of operating leverage in that. But whilst the labor market re- remains tight, and you know, job ads last I checked, and and I'll and I'll do another check after this show. But last I checked, job ads have just come down. You know, they've softened off a massive mm. peak of, of strength. So. Uh, generally speaking, you've got a dividend yield expected to be 6.4% um, in the current financial year. That's a 9, 9.2%, I think, gross up or above 9% gross up. So uh, with franking credits and the, the cash flow was there in the last half. Uh, so overall, um, I also think that as long as you don't mind, you know, the actual share price is probably going to be quite volatile. 
Uh, if you're just holding for the dividend, I think it's a reasonable hold. Mm. I own not this company, but a, a sort of I own other companies that are exposed to the same sort of some of the same thematics as this because I think that they could do all right in a in a high inflation scenario just because their earnings can end up being you know proportionate to the amount of money basically yeah. flowing through their their workforce. So not not terrible businesses. Uh, but they can uh, run into trouble, especially if they end up having okay. too much debt, which is probably one risk here. I think net debt of four six four million aroundabouts. That would be my biggest concern. I'd call it a hold, though. Okay. All right. Let's uh, recap the uh, final five stocks. Ardent, a no from both Claude and and Mark. Uh, Michael Hill. Um, uh, a yes from Mark, a no from Claude Chetto Mining, a no from both. Uh, Brickworks, a uh, long-term father-in-law hold uh, from both Mark and Claude, but uh, Mark prefers um, Solpats in that area because of the link between the two. Uh, Ventia, a yes from Mark, a hold from Claude. Mark Gardner from Macro, good to see you, mate. Have a good weekend. Thank you. Enjoyed you on Friday. Uh, Claude Walker from A Rich Life, always great to have you, mate. Uh, have a good couple of days off. See ya. Thanks for having me and enjoy your weekend. Yeah, you too. Uh, if you'd like any stocks for us to cover here on the call, put them in an email to call at ausbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at TV handle. Uh, the Pulse is coming up next live here on Ausbiz from our Brangaroo Studios. Don't go anywhere. <laughs>